The Federal Reserve reports that housing wealth is responsible for approximately one-half total household net worth, which stands at $52.9 trillion, which is more than the gross domestic product, which currently sits at $14.4 trillion. The easy translation in this data is that there's money to invest in real estate. And James Brown wants to help you accomplish that very goal. He's a real estate investor, podcast host, author, instructor, and for good measure, he is an adrenaline-seeking sports enthusiast. From a real estate perspective, his absolute favorite thing to do is building and preserving wealth through real estate, particularly through a lease-to-own option, because, according to Brown, that's the win-win for everyone involved. Brown loves to give people hope through real estate, home ownership, and giving them a sense of a pathway towards prosperity. If you're looking to make a long-term commitment in a career in real estate, this is a conversation, my friends, that you can't afford to miss, because Brown provides a lot of practical and no-nonsense advice that any seasoned or novice real estate investor can put to good use in order to make a boatload of money and a difference at the same time. I had a great time chatting with Brown, so without further delay, I want to share the nuggets of wisdom and knowledge he imparted on me. So, I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. My friend, I'll take a moment to welcome you to the program, and I'm super excited to talk to you about rent, uh, real estate, real estate, home ownership, and everything in between. Great to see you this afternoon, and thank you so very much for being here. Hell yeah, man! So, James, uh, just before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you do, tell me—I I know you're a real estate guy at heart, my friend. So, tell me about. Uh, why you love what you do, and what makes you so fabulous, my friend? Why don't we start with that? <laughs> um, what makes me fabulous? Yeah, know. from a personal or professional standpoint, what yeah. what's your claim to fame, buddy? Why do you love what you do? Huh. That's a good question. I, I mean... I got into investing 
more for personal reasons, you know, um, just wanted to give myself a better future than, than I was on track to do. Um, but what I've discovered that is cool is like, it's, it's a people business and I can help a lot of other people in what I'm doing. You know, that, that I kind of thought it would be just a kind of selfish thing, kind of be a grind. And it turned out to be way more than that. Um, and I've met really interesting, cool people like yourself. I mean, you're a unique cat, man. Like I would never have met you unless I was, I was in this business, you know? Uh, yeah, my friend, you know, a real estate, just like in life, it's all about relationships, isn't it? Uh-huh, 100%. So tell me your, your, your thoughts on how do we build uh, sustainable relationships in real estate? Because that's sort of the lifeblood of what you do, right? So tell me about building relationships and how important it is for your day-to-day, -day, my friend. Oh, yeah, it's super important. Um, I mean you just have to come from a place of, of giving and be ethical, you know, like the people that, that try to take real estate investing and manipulate other people and not see it as a win-win. Those are the people that it's either going to be a real struggle or they're just going to get blackballed out of the industry. Right. Um, it's it's super important to just keep that top of mind. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's important not to uh, burn bridges, right? That that's super important, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's people on my list. I'm like I'm not ever working with them ever again. You know, like they're they're lost. They screwed up. Well, James, I I, I think we all have a. A little black book, one way or the other, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, James, I know you you really get excited about when we talk about building and preserving wealth through real estate, my friend. And I know one of your absolute favorite things to do is uh, lease options. In fact, we were just talking about that before we hopped on this call, my friend, because. You believe it, it's a win-win for everybody. So I'm wondering if you could tell me all about it, my friend. Yeah. So it was interesting. The other day, we just completed a, a lease option, a rent-to-own deal, uh, where the the buyers were able to get a loan and, and buy the house from us. And so I did a video of the eight wins, all the different people that were involved that one by doing this together. Um, and then after I got done filming the video, I'm like, hey, there's even more. There's, I think, 14 I came up with. And so, like, just I can go through them real quick. So um, we won by able to, being able to put the deal together. Uh, of course, the buyer and buyer that couldn't get a loan from a bank originally they ended up being able to get, get in the house right away and then get a loan, you know, a couple of years later. So that's two. Um, we had an investor that bought the home for them in the first place. Um, the investors actually a couple, they're real estate agents and they wanted to invest and help this, this other couple out. So that's three. Um, there was an, uh, 
a lender that got the loan for the investor. There was also the lender that got the loan for the buyer. Um, I had, this was a, a rural area in Colorado. So I had two agents in that area helping show homes and write up contracts and stuff. So there's two more, I think that's seven. Um, there was an inspector involved, um, multiple inspectors, because there was septic inspection, well inspection, well testing, the inspection on the house. Um, so there's, I don't know how many different inspectors there were there. Um, appraiser, title company in that location that, you know, there's a bunch of people involved there. And then a title company here in Denver that helped close it. Um, I might, I'm probably missing some, but like, that's a lot of people that were involved that all benefited from helping this, this couple get a house. Yeah. It's, it's like an ecosystem or putting together a puzzle. There's pieces to all of it. Isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, James, I'm curious to get your note, your uh, perspective on the notion that everyone deserves an equal and equitable path to home ownership, my friend. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on the need to provide more options for people to gain access to home ownership? What are your thoughts there? Good question. You know, uh, I think everybody, I don't know, I don't know how deep I can go with that, but I mean, I, I think everybody should have a shot at, at home ownership and not be locked into being a renter for the rest of their lives, right? Um, there's big companies, funds out there um, trying to buy up as many properties or even build to rent. So the, there's a, a lot of pressure to keep people from be, being homeowners. And so I, I, I love that I'm able to kind of facilitate that and give people some hope and not just hope, like actually get them into home ownership and maybe be able to go beyond that. My goal is to like turn them into investors so they can help other people, you know, just kind of keep, keep pushing it forward. Um, yeah. So that's the, the short answer. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, James, just before we move on, my friend, I'm fascinated by your t-shirt. So what, are the t what does it say, my friend? And why do you have the t-shirt on today, my friend? Can... It, well, I, I just like how it fits. It feels, um, but this, this is, uh, it's, um, from, a a platform we use for trying to find off-market properties, which is a, a key to our business is finding, finding ones that uh, maybe have low interest rates that we can take over. That really helps. Um, and uh, helping people out, like, you know, people facing foreclosure, that's the, that's a downside of home ownership. Some people end up losing their houses, but we can, through this platform, it's, like a CRM basically mm -hmm. um, we can help people avoid you know dinging their credit for years and not being able to go buy a house in the future so well fabulous and, 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 and 
leads actually into my next question. And I, I know one of the big reasons you got into this, my friend, is that you wanted to provide people with a sense of hope when it comes to home ownership, and, and, and you wanted to also help regular people, as you said, become investors and sort of uh, build a nest egg of prosperity, my friend. And I'll let you in on a little secret here, James. So I live in, in, in Winter, Ontario, Canada, and I uh, recently joined uh, the board of directors for Habitat for Humanity in my local region. And and one of the reasons I, I did that was because, in a, you know, providing people with a sense of open security is what it's all about, isn't it? Yep, yeah. It's interesting you brought that up. Last night I went on a, a listing appointment with a gal that wants to sell her Habitat for Humanity house. Um, turned into a five-hour uh, listing appointment. It was crazy. That's a long list. There's a lot to go. What's yeah, I, I was just going to say that's a long listing appointment, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But there was a lot to go through. And, she had a lot of things she needed to get off her chest. <laughs> Apparently in five hours, buddy. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious, James, what brings you, um, wh why are you so passionate about building um, social or community capital? Because I believe that life is, is, is a constant game of c connection and one of the ways that we can build independence is, and hope is through home ownership. So I'm just curious, where does your individual passion for the work of uh, putting pe people in their own houses come from? Why are you so dedicated to this cause? Hmm. Um, I don't know, it just it gives me good feels, you know? Uh, it's, it's interesting because a lot of what I do is kind of therapy you know like people are going through major changes and struggles and stuff so i mean i've i've had multiple calls where people are, you know, are in tears or in, even in person um tears of frustration and and whatnot but then like helping people get into a house that you know they didn't think they were going to be able to uh tears of joy you know like both sides of it so that that's what I'm wanting to get get people to from <laughs> the dark side to the light. Uh, well, it's a journey for uh, everyone's uh, journey is individual, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm curious for anyone looking to get into home investing for the first time. I'm I'm, I'm curious what sort of a checklist or questions should they ask themselves before they jump in sort of feet first in this as a co career or a marketplace? So what are some top questions people should ask themselves before investing in real estate? Yeah, uh, there's a lot to go into. I mean, beginning is just like, what's what's the end goal? What are they, why are they doing it, you know? What is the goal? 
um, you know, you hear that all the time. What's your why, right? It's important because there's there's a lot to it. If you're especially if you're going to try to invest on your own, like I mean, it's taken me years to figure out all the ins and outs, like you know, different asset classes. There's a reason I'm in in lease options and why I like it. Um, so that's a you got to. You got to keep after that. Now you can get into, you know, passive investment. So we work with passive investors. Um, they don't have to learn all of it, but they need to learn enough to to feel comfortable, right? Because there's risks involved in every type of investing, um, some more than others. And so, as an investor, you have to understand what your risk tolerance is and, and what those risks are, and kind of find that fit, right? Um, and if you're going to do it on your own, you gotta, gotta know what you're up against, what it's going to take, how much time it's going to take. That's a big thing, right? It's like, like it's taken me years to get to this point. Some people can kind of cut that off by being passive investors, but, um, time's a huge thing, especially for like busy professionals say that's who we usually work with. You know, if you got family and activities and stuff, and you don't have time to be running around to rental properties or or trying to do a fix and flip. I mean, that's fix and flipping is that's a job, a very complex, risky job, and you can make a good good living at it. But trying to do that while you have like a busy W two job and family, that's like if you're gonna do that. It's possible, but do you do you have that strong why and purpose and an end goal to be able to stick with that, right? Yeah. So I, I think one of the first questions, uh, I think you answered that question inadvertently without answering it by accident. I think one of the first questions you have to ask yourself if you want to get into this field is whether you have the a time commitment in order to do it, right? Because in order to do it correctly, you have to devote hours, if not days, to years to the craft, right? Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and I'm curious to your thoughts on how the real estate investing game has changed over the last five to uh, ten years for the good, for the bad, or for anything in between. So tell me, I do think the uh, industry has changed, and what do you think people need to look out for if they're they're in the market to buy rent or sell their houses? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, so just to kind of start off to go go back to what I was talking about before, like there's these huge funds that are they've got boatloads of money, and they can go you know make cash offers and beat out a, you know, a mom and pop type investor um, and, and lock up all, all this inventory of, of homes that are going to be turned into rentals and not become either renters rentals for a, a mom and pop investor or, you know, a, um, a home for a homeowner. Uh, so that, that's, that's the bad side. Um, unless you're an investor in that fund, you know, it's got to think about it in those different ways. But um, what's cool is like there's 
Bigger Pockets. That's how I got my start. Bigger Pockets is a website, a podcast, and they've got books and meetups and stuff. And they're based here in Denver where I am. So I've got to meet and know some of the people that have founded it. But it's that was it was it's still is a very unique free platform. You you can pay for different things, but there was not access to a lot of information until that came out. Um, and now there's tons more free information. So that's a good trend. So you're not kind of in the dark trying to wanting to invest in real estate and have no idea where to even start. Um, so that's good. And then the other thing that kind of comes to mind is <clears throat> fractional um, ownership. So there's platforms like Fundrise and, and multiple other ones where if somebody doesn't have a down payment for a rental property, you know, like Denver, you need a hundred grand for a down payment mm -hmm. for just a, you know, medium price home, but maybe you got 10 grand or a hundred bucks. Like there's options to get into real estate investing like that, that never was a, a thing before. So that that's a good trend. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, my friend, I know that all real estate investors, at the end of the day, you want to make money. But I, I'm also curious to know if you believe that anyone that enters this field has sort of a social responsibility to contribute to uh, giving people a hand up when it comes to home ownership and, and in some respects we've already talked about this but I, I, I'm curious to ask you in a more granular way whether you think real estate investors should also think about the social responsibility of investing in real estate in addition to thinking about the bottom line what are your thoughts there? I'm not really sure the question or how to answer that yeah, so I, I, I'm just curious about whether you think real estate investors have a, a social responsibility to give back or mm -hmm. to really think about the social responsibility component when they go invest in real estate. Yeah, and, and not everybody sees that that's something that they should be involved in. Um, I, th I think everybody should be looking at that. I, like, I love like the purpose of Habitat for Humanity. That's great. Um, as far as like, I guess there's a lot of ways to go and answer that. But um, I, for me, like, I like that I can go out and help somebody that's never invested in real estate get going right away, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they don't have to be form a fund or anything like anybody can can get involved um and and so like sharing that knowledge like i get i get calls all the time from people like kind of getting into the the real estate space questions about you know how do i start how can i help and um that's a, that's a good thing like if somebody wants to be more active um first thing is like come from a a place of of giving and then, you know, like somebody comes to me and like, 
they're like, what the best question is what, what can I do? So having them like kind of look at what their skill set is, maybe they're good on the phone. Maybe they're not, maybe they're, they're good with, you know, tech, or maybe they want to go door knock those kinds of things. Um, and then, you know, I can help guide them based on their skill set to kind of get launched. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you said, your primary target is working with busy professionals who want to maximize retirement funds without putting them at risk or investments outside or inside of real estate, my friend. So tell me about uh, setting uh, people up for a real uh, real estate, setting people up for retirement and the role that real estate can play in that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, okay, so let's let's compare where most people are at. They're kind of in the, in the matrix. They're putting their money into 401ks and Roths and SEP IRAs and all that. And that's, that's invested typically in stocks and bonds, which is very limited. Um, the only control you have with those is buy or sell, right? Um, and most people come to a really realization they're not getting to their retirement goal nearly as quickly as they want to. And so that's where people start going, oh, well, there's real estate. And most of us have heard that, you know, most millionaires have made their money through real estate, if not through building businesses, you know, or a combination of those, right? So you can really accelerate that that wealth building through real estate. So that's what you mentioned, you know, using retirement funds. Like right now we've got somebody that wants to buy in Florida and we have an investor that we've worked with before um, that hasn't used his retirement funds until now, but now he's working with uh, the custodian to take those retirement funds and use those for the down payment for a property. So he's, you know, he's, wants to get some of his money, not all of his money out of stocks and bonds and that those sorts of investments, but leverage that and kind of accelerate that towards building more wealth quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, James, I'm always uh, fascinated uh, to ask real estate people about dealing with the psychology of people, because even if you don't have a degree in psychology, you with a whole range of different people. I don't have to tell you that, but as a real estate investor and a real estate guy yourself, I'm curious, what do you think you've learned most about dealing with a a wide group of diverse people and the psychology of people as well when they approach buying or selling or investing in real estate? What do you think you've learned the most then? Well, the most common thread is we're very motivated and driven and affected by fear, some more than others, right? So like that listing appointment I was on last night, there's a lot of fears and questions and things with that. Um, And so my job is to 
kind of help work through that, you know, because like if you let fear rule you, you can get stuck and not, not get to your goals. Right. So um, helping people get kind of work through that and, and figure out like, you know, what their risk profile is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, James, I'm all about uh, breaking down barriers towards inclusion, my friend, because I'll give you just a quick story. So, uh, James, yeah. I, I, I was born with what's called uh, spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy, as you know. It simply means that I don't have enough oxygen in, in my legs to walk normally. And one of the things that I am personally passionate about is breaking down barriers to entry uh, and forming more bridges of inclusion and understanding. So from a real estate perspective, how do you think we can break uh, down more barriers to entry to get more people interested in the field of real estate? I don't know how to answer that. I think awareness an intention to being able to like break down barriers is kind of the start, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and when we have a more di a diverse uh, pool, of, uh, pool of people to come from, we create different perspectives, don't we? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. And you know, uh, James, as an old sports reporter, my friend, that's how I got my uh, start in this business, buddy, as an old uh, college and uh, pro sports reporter. And I know that you're a sports enthusiast, my friend. So I'm curious, where does your sense of adrenaline come from? I know that you like to spend a lot of time in Alaska doing sports-related stuff. So tell me. Where does your sense of adventure come from, my friend, from a sports perspective? Well, yeah, I grew up in Alaska. I live in Colorado now, but I was born and raised there. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of opportunities to get outside and do stuff. So basically started with snowmobiles and skiing and went to snowboarding. And, and now I, I continue to snowboard and ski. Uh, I kiteboard, so and you can kiteboard on the water with a wakeboard or a surfboard or a foil board. You can do it on the snow with a kite too. So the kite's pulling you around and up, up and down the mountains on skis or a snowboard. Um, and then got a snowmobile and a, a snow bike, which is a dirt bike that's got a ski on the front and a track snowmobile track on the back instead of wheels. Um, so it's, it's like a snowmobile, but a little more maneuverable. Um, what else? Uh, I haven't played hockey in a while. I had both my hips replaced a few years back and haven't really got back into playing hockey yet. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, just, I think it all <laughs> formed in Alaska where I was like, I got to get out of the house and go do some cool stuff. So uh, Fair enough, my friend. And it keeps you out of trouble and it gives you a competitive advantage in life if, and it helps with uh, your, your ability for team building, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, like especially going backcountry 
like you got to have buddies with you and rely on them, you know? So that's, that's super important because it's, if you're by yourself, that's dangerous. So yeah, that kind of speaks to the team building and just persistence too. Like, you know, a dirt bike, people think, oh, that's easy. Well, if dirt biking in the mountains, it, it can be super difficult. Like I've had times where I'm like, I, I want to tap out. I want to be home. Like yeah, my butt kicked, you know? Um, but there's learning in that. Right. And, and some people have like, I've had friends that have tried to get into it and give up. They're like too dangerous or just too, too difficult. Right. So I think that that helps in all aspects of my life. Like I could do that. I can go invest in real estate. Or whatever. I, well, it, it gives you the energy to go invest in real estate, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm curious, what do you, what do you miss most about Alaska, if anything at all? And how often do you go back home, buddy? Uh, I go back every summer because uh, my folks still live up there. So I, I try to go back and spend a couple weeks with them each summer. Um, yeah, and go hiking and motorcycle rides with my dad. And uh, I love the summer up there. You know, it's tons uh, of daylight. And, <laughs> and you, you are, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it changes your perspective, right? And uh, it gives you a chance to reconnect with yourself, I guess, right? Yep, yep. And my parents. It's very important for me to spend time with them, too. So. Well, family always comes first, right? Yep, yep. Have you been up there? I uh, know. I, I should I, I should make it a point. point. It's one of the places that I've always wanted to visit. So. Yeah, do it before you're elderly and have to go on a cruise. and. <laughs> like... uh, well, you, well, with my... Uh, sports bar, uh, broadcasting background. I want to do it while I still have the energy and capability to do it for sure. Yeah, right? Do it, so, do it. You you won't regret it. So yeah, absolutely. So Jens, when you're not investing in real estate, how do you define fun? What do you like to do for fun outside of talking about real estate, Bonnie? Oh yeah, I got a lot of all the sports I mentioned. Um, I like to play guitar, um, yeah, go on hikes, and yeah, I don't do that much that anymore. But uh, yeah, spend time with friends, read. I'm a voracious reader when I have time. Uh, well, you know, knowledge is power, my friend. And I know that, that you host a podcast and you've written as well, my friend. So tell me about those two endeavors and what you hope the audience gets out of both the podcast and the things that you've written as well, Bonnie. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to kind of giving back because like the, the show, I have three guests, other investors, and we the format is we, we go through the news items for the month. It's a monthly show called This Month in Real Estate Investing. And so we, we review the news things that are going on that affect us as investors. It's, I love it because, you know, I learn from them, they learn from me and, and uh, viewers can comment and ask questions too. So it's interactive. So it's just a, a good way to share and keep up to date 
Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, I've contributed to three issues of the Colorado Real Estate Investing Strategies book. Um, so I kind of share my goals and strategies for what I'm doing. And then, you know, that book has got, I don't know, 40 or 50 other, say, people that have contributed their strategies, what's working for them and what their goals are. Um, so. Yeah, fabulous. And uh, James, I have a question for you this afternoon it has to do with your own personal and professional legacy and how you want to be, how you want that to be defined or how do you want how do you want to be remembered, my friend? Friends, so when you think about your legacy, what do you think of Bonnie? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know exactly how to answer it. Besides, um, yes, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He's he works for Fidelity, you know, in the kind of traditional um, financial services and. Uh, he was asking me about how he can invest with what we're doing. And, and he said, I was an inspiration to him. And this coming from a person I, I respect deeply too. Um, I was like, wow, that that's really cool. Like, you know, all the things that I'm doing and all the hard work I'm putting in had an effect on somebody else. So I guess that's, it's cool to have somebody, even at this point in what I'm doing, recognize that and be inspired. Yeah, well, I always say that you never know who's watching, right? Yeah, especially like being on social media. I, I don't, I don't share a whole lot, but you know, try to try to be fairly consistent. Maybe some people are get annoyed with how much I do share, which like nothing like what most people share, but it's interesting to have people pop up like, Hey, I saw that comment and reach out with questions. You know, well, you're, you're exactly right. And sometimes James, it's important and wise to be select, selectively active anyway on social media, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. My friend. And yeah, just very quickly, James, tell me if people want to get connected with you, my friend. What's the best way they can do that? Uh, they can, if they're interested in the investing side, they could go to hybridinvestor.vip. Uh, check out our page there. Um, I'm on uh, on the social media platforms except for TikTok. Just look me up. So, Well, fabulous, my friend. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation about real estate investing life and everything in between my friend your work in the space and uh, time on my behalf it's most appreciated and i want to thank you for being here today yeah likewise thank you